for me, so I am what they call empathic. And I didn't understand this at the time. I feel people's energy. Mm -hmm. So especially when I start to connect with a soul, they'll make me feel the bond that they shared with someone, but then they'll make me feel how they died. So if they die tragically, I'll taste Mm -hmm. blood. Sometimes it's all like if someone had an aneurysm or they had a bleed out, um, if they couldn't communicate, if they had a tube down their throat, I'll feel like someone's restricting my throat. And it's just for like a split second, but I've learned to understand what that was. So imagine feeling all of those things and not knowing what it was. I believe that each and every one of us has the power within ourselves to create the life that we really want. And I want to help give you the tools to make that happen. I'm Danica Patrick, and I'm pretty intense. Today on the show, oh my gosh, it's so exciting for me. I love talking to people that tap into energy and spirit and the quantum field. And so I'm super excited to have Teresa Caputo on the show today. She is the Long Island Medium, which comes back out again. It's been going on for 10 years. So if that doesn't say how much everyone else loves talking to spirit and hearing from spirit, nothing else does. On Discovery Plus, February 5th, she also has her Hey Spirit podcast, which I did um, not long ago. And it was so fascinating. I mean, just to, 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 to speak to someone who's able to access a field of information that is not in most of our grasps right now, but is possible for all of us is it's like, it's like talking to an Oracle. It's like, you just, it's such a fascinating realm to me. And I think, uh, you know, I love that it exposes this other aspect to existence that we all feel a little curious or skeptical or maybe not believe at all, um, which is this this sort of quantum field, this spirit field, this energy. It's the stuff we can't see. I hope that by the end of this conversation, you feel a deeper connection to this energy that is always trying to communicate with us and that you use it for good, to be happier and to connect. So enjoy the show. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I, good. you know, I was thinking about um, the last time we talked because I was on your show, yes. and um, you were talking about how you prepare for someone coming on the show, and um, you kind of go into meditation and and get maybe you could define what that is that you actually do before you interview. But do you do that if you're doing an interview? Or are you like blank slate? Does things accidentally come in? Like, how does it go? (laughs) Well, I always meditate uh, every morning. Um, I did a little quick prep because I had some things to do before this. Mm -hmm. So I had done it earlier, but it's, it's interesting because as you started talking, I felt myself, I was like, wait a minute, should I be protecting myself? Like, should I be getting ready for something? I don't know. (laughs) But it was just like instinctively, it's almost like sometimes I think now with, especially with Zoom, because this is how we did do a whole, almost a whole season of Long Island Medium on Zoom. I just immediately just protect myself in God's white light and just always ask for the highest good of all concerns. So. So it's more of a protection meditation or prayer than it is a tapping in. Yes. So what I do is, uh, like I said, I have a a meditation routine that I do every day. I only meditate 10 minutes at a time. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm able to do at this time to really get a full benefit of meditation. Um, And it took me a while to get there. uh, But for years, my meditation, um, I always say the Our Father, and I always imagine um, God's white light coming in through the top of my head, pushing out any gray negativity uh, from my body. And just like, I almost imagine myself like translucent. Mm -hmm. And then I imagine everything drained from me being transformed into magnificent white light. And then I imagine it like coming up through my feet, through my tailbone and just encasing me in God's white light. And then I imagine it showering me with God's white light protection and all information for the highest good of all concerned. What do you think is actually happening and why do you believe what is going on and why do you believe it works? I believe that it works for several reasons. I've done this since day one, since I discovered my gift. And because I only wanted things to help people and I'm 
afraid of my own shadow. I only wanted good things and to be able to help people. <laughs> I know I'm afraid of the dark, Danica. Please, Me we too. have to talk about this. <laughs> but I, but I talk to dead people. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You do all these crazy things, right? <laughs> and you're afraid of the dark. There's just something that's so because I feel like when I sense and feel the souls are departed, I see them differently. But when it's pitch black, for some reason, it's extremely scary for me. Because I can almost see like in the light, I can see silhouettes or shadows. And when it's dark, I can't. So for me, that's frightening. Yeah. When I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents. I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer, a reference to the inner eye chakra one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination, a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12-ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. So when I, I, I believe, um, and I know I, I, I share this with people, not f- only for information because they're curious because of what I do that I, I always share that I am a practicing Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that with my faith that I don't, agree with. So I just don't, I I pay no mind, (laughs) you know, I just take from, but it's like anything I do in my life. I take every moment for what it is. I take the positive benefits for me and everything else I let go of anything that doesn't serve me a purpose. I kind of let go of. And I know that I was blessed with this gift because I was born this way. I don't know any different from the age of four. I would say to my mom, I feel different than everyone else. I feel like I don't belong here. And my mom would literally say to me, I remember her saying to me one day, listen, stop saying that you don't belong here. You belong here. You're part of this family. You're not adopted. You know, because if I was adopted, you could at least understand that emotion, right? Or or that feeling, but there was no real reason. And I love sharing that part of my life with people because I think in every way, shape, or form, we feel different. Well, we, I, I think that sometimes, yeah, I think, but we have to define that uh, of, of who we are. Different or like we might not fit in or we do things differently. Of, for you, for example, race car driver. Yeah. Right? How many women, you know, right? And I used to yeah. say, I don't think my parents when they held me for the first time said, Oh, Nick, I hope our daughter grows up talking to dead people. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's not normal. It's like not even in the category of, and I even feel like for you, right. It wouldn't even be like, Oh, I hope our daughter grows up to be a race car driver. You want to be a nurse, a doctor, a teacher, right. A a, a cosmetology school, an electrician, police officer, right? Like these are things that people inspire to grow up to be. And I think when you feel like you're something different or you want to be something different, that quote unquote, isn't normal. But the reason why I share this is because I feel like we are responsible for finding our normal. Who says, who defined what normal is? Because for me, talking to dead people is normal. I, 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 I felt complete when I embraced my gift. Mm. You know, I was 28 when I found out that not only was I sensing and feeling my own loved ones, but everyone else's. Here I was, my, my, my ex-husband had survived a brain tumor, two beautiful children, still having my grandparents, my parents. I had every blessing that life had to offer. Mm. And it wasn't until I embraced my gift is when my soul felt complete. That's such like a fascinating aspect to get into because it's really about to me, what I'm hearing is alignment, right? Like mm-hmm. alignment with the soul. Um, so like what kept happening to break that door down for you to finally go, fine, I'm going to let you in. 
Okay. So for me, so I am what they call empathic. And I didn't understand this at the time. I feel people's energy. Mm -hmm. So especially when I start to connect with a soul, they'll make me feel the bond that they shared with someone, but then they'll make me feel how they died. So if they die tragically, I'll taste mm -hmm. blood. Sometimes it's all like if someone had an aneurysm or they had a bleed out, um, if they couldn't communicate, if they had a tube down their throat, I'll feel like someone's restricting my throat. And it's just for like a split second, but I've learned to understand what that was. So imagine feeling all of those things and not knowing what it was. And I was afraid of everything. I couldn't leave my house at this point. And when my mom had suggested uh, for me to go to the spiritual awareness class, it was always on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. And I was deathly afraid of pouring rain. I could not drive in a car if it was pouring rain. The, actually, when I went into labor with my daughter, I was literally pacing my driveway in the in the pouring rain with my doctor going, I can't come to the hospital. It's rush hour. There's going to be traffic and it's pouring rain out. And he's like, and, and I'm like, and I cannot get in the car. <laughs> but Why? It, well, I think it was because it was a past life that I had, I had, I don't know if you're familiar with past life regressions. Totally. I'm past life, Akashic records, reincarnation. We can go any direction you oh, want to go. Perfect. So I had done uh, past life regressions many times. And one of them was that I was a captive on a boat and we were, and I died in a, in a horrible storm on the boat and it was pouring rain and the water was crashing over and it was very, very intense. So I feel that where that comes from now, I'm fine. I'm, I'm over that because when I decided to go to these classes, wouldn't you know, every Wednesday night, it was torrential downpour rain. And this went on for about six weeks. So finally, the woman that does the class, she said, listen, she says, you're just, and she only lived across town. It wasn't like I had to go far. It was literally like 10 minutes from my house. And I would I took baby steps. I literally would go out and practice in the pouring rain, backing out of the driveway, just driving down the block. I'd go to the, the store up the block. So I took like these baby steps. For me, working through my anxieties and my fears and having to grow my soul, I always found a way to give myself options. So for me, as long as I gave myself an option, even if it was unrealistic, I felt rationally it was an option so I could go ahead and do this. So um, like I have terrible fear, fear of elevators. You know, I mean, the crazy thing is, can we just talk about for a second? I couldn't even leave my house. Now I tour the country and I live on a tour bus for God's sakes. Right. <laughs> Right. And uh, I, I'm alone. I'm using these the, like these space doors that have to close by using air compression that I'm like, <laughs> yep. we got to leave all the doors open on the tour bus. And my crew is like, you can't leave the doors open. I'm like, oh, watch me. We're leaving the doors open. The lights are on. <laughs> I lived on a bus too when I raced. I mean, we lived on buses. Yeah. We lived on yeah. basically yeah. You know, these super, super high end, nice, you know, fancy mm -hmm. buses with slide outs and flat screens yes. and all of it, you know? Far from glamorous, but I, I love it. I enjoy it. it. It it brings me back to my days of going camping with my grandparents. I was spending summers uh, camping. So, like, I'm just wondering, like, how did that go? You know, say you go camping and you're with oh, your grandparents no. and you're sitting by the campfire and you're just like seeing stuff, feeling oh. stuff. What's like? It's coming through. It's been coming through mm -hmm. your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. So it didn't. It didn't go well. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say anything? Were you ever like, so, hey, grandma? Um, so there's a guy, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> I, literally, exactly. I'd be like, Did you see that woman walk by? Or I would feel <laughs> like there would be, I'm like, a bear's going to attack. I mean, so you have to remember, this is back in the 70s. My grandparents had a trailer. So we were like, Oh, wow, you guys have a trailer. You know, and we had a shower and bunk beds. My grandmother had a kitchen. I mean, back in the 70s, that was unheard of, right? And when my parents would cut, cause we would go, I would go with my grandparents and we would stay for like a couple of weeks. And m when my parents would come up, I'd sleep in the tent with my parents. Mm. And I was so afraid that we were going to get stuck in the tent. And I would wake up with these blood curdling screams, trying to, you would think someone was literally getting murdered in our tent. And I was trying to get out. I knocked over the lantern. <laughs> I think I gave my dad a fat lip. My dad's like, we're never doing camping again. <laughs> What happened? It, it was just, I, they finally calmed me down. I was so, I was so afraid that we were going to get stuck in a tent. And I like had this crazy, I mean, I was little, I was like maybe nine 
and you were scared. So you just were, so you were scared, scared of this, all the, all the things that you were feeling. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of see things. Do you hear things or is it more of like a knowing? Yes. It, it's more of a knowing, I guess, to explain it to someone. I feel like I'm hearing something, but I'm really not hearing a voice because I can hear someone quote unquote, speak to me in a different language. I really don't know what they're, it's, it's a knowing, it's a feeling that I get that I know that it's different. It's such a fascinating world. And there's so many people that this is like beyond the scope of their imagination. So I'm so curious because you've been in this world, like why don't, what is the, what is the dissonance? Why can't people, why don't people believe in spirit realm? Well, I think um, it's scary. It's, it's hard for us to believe in something that we can't physically see, right? Think about it, right? Yeah. I think that's a, one of the things why people struggle with uh, a higher power, God, Yahweh, Buddha, however you want to interpret it, mm. um, a faith, but they have a hard time grasping things that they can't physically see and not knowing. And, you know, I always said, I don't know how this works. It just all of a sudden when spirit starts communicating, I have no activity in my brain. It's like my mind goes blank. I only have thoughts, feelings, and emotions of who's channeling or who I'm speaking to. And I actually did something live on the Dr. Oz show. And we also did it on Long Island Medium where Dr. Amen studied my brain as I read someone. And he said to me, he says, you're able to access a part of your brain that people typically don't. And my, he goes, when you were channeling your brain, it like literally flatlined, like there was no activity, but you were speaking. I don't have an explanation for it. And I don't, the thing that gets me sometimes, Danica, it's like, why does someone fight something if it's helping someone? Yeah. Yeah. And I struggled with my gift for over five years. You know, we talked about me trying to get to these classes and it poured rain every Wednesday night for five years. It took me to really accept and embrace my gift. And what I learned was that because I couldn't understand. I'm like, okay, I'm blessed with this gift. Who's going to want to come and see a medium? (laughs) Who wants to talk to that? Everyone. I love it. I I didn't understand that at that time. And what I learned was that unfortunately, no matter who we lose, how they die, we here in the physical world are left with burdens and guilts. A should have, could have, would have. Yeah. Maybe and only, and, and, and only if, and at the end of the day, if you have a negative emotion attached to someone that passed, how can you heal? You're going to grieve, but you're, how can you heal if you're beating yourself up with all of these negative emotions? Does our, does our hooking into those sort of um, stories keep the spirit close? What do you mean? If you have like a certain a strong emotion around someone and something that happened, does the spirit want to come come through more so to to help heal that? Yes, mm. I find. What do they, they want to say too? Like, what's their purpose normally? So, for example, and I, I don't know if this is what I'm. This is what I felt as you asked me this question. So I always feel like when I talk about my gift, it's always guided by spirit. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's someone on this call. Maybe it's for someone listening right mm. now that will find healing in this. What I saw was a young male step forward and he showed me my symbol for where he wanted to take responsibility for his departure. Mm-hmm. I did taste something and I saw a medicine bottle. That's my symbol for where they took something or mixed medications without knowing that caused or attributed to their departure. I find that a lot of times souls that leave the physical world tragically unexpected, they tend to step forward more so Okay. because we then beat ourselves up with maybe a survivor's guilt, whatever it may be. You know, and we also tend to, what I also realize is that we tend to, the things that we experience, we think everyone has experienced it and it just isn't so. What do you mean? You know, like, like if, if I say to someone, I mean, like my grandparents were like my parents, I, my grandparents passed when I was well in my forties. So I was very blessed to have my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And if a grandparent steps forward, people go, oh, of course that grandparent died. Yeah, but you don't understand that bond and not everyone loses their grandparents. Mm-hmm. I read people that they're in their twenties and they lost their, their father or they lost their mom at a very young age. 
And not everyone suffers loss, and especially at a young age. And especially, and I, I believe that part of the reason why I haven't suffered so much loss or tragedy for that fact is because I was able to explore my gift with no opinion. Mm. You know, because people say that all the time, oh, well, you could Google, you could... <laughs> Listen, if people think I got time to Google stuff about people and the things that Spirit talks about, there's you, you can't find that. You can't Google that. Yeah. And it's actually harder for me to read someone if I know something about them. That's why I always say my own family gets screwed out of messages from their own loved ones because I, I think if I start sensing my loved ones, like, oh, am I remembering that? Is that something that I knew? That's something that they told me? So you start second guessing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that was also part of my soul's journey, not to really suffer so much loss and tragedy. So I could learn and understand my gift, what was happening, my signs, my symbols. So you could be more clear mm -hmm. without so much trauma or so much sadness or pain. Right. Or an experience. Oh. Oh, I get it. So that you are more of a clean slate for the information coming through because you haven't, you're not sort of rooted in so many like traumatic experiences that would sort of sway your perspective. Correct. Your lens. The, it, it brings me back to when I wrote uh, one of my books called Good Grief. And when I was sitting with um, my, I call her my spirit writer, because I don't like to use ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost is so scary. <laughs> I said, I want to write about the stages of grief. And uh, she said, okay. And I, I was jumping all over and saying, wait, 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 we got to go in order. I said, who said? Who says we have to go in order? And she looked at me and she says, oh, you're right. And I said, that's how I want the book to be. I want this to be a book for people that can say, okay, I, I might not feel this grief. It doesn't mean that I'm not grieving my loved ones. Like, I feel like there's no right or wrong way. Who says that there's a right or wrong way to grieve someone? Yeah. Th there isn't. And you might feel those stages of grief and you might not. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that we place, I think at the end of the day, especially through this whole pandemic, I, I've learned we put so much pressure on ourselves and we worry about things that we don't have control over or that we can't change. Mm -hmm. Some people say to me, they're like, but why do you think, you know, you think so um, simple. And I'm like, but is there anything wrong with that? Does life have to be that difficult? I listen to Abraham. Do you ever listen to Abraham Hicks or heard of Abraham Hicks? <laughs> no, like, I've heard of the name. Okay. Like she channels source energy and oh. so it's like a different form of communication. Mm -hmm. And so, but still accessing the quantum and the yeah. energy coming mm -hmm. through. And I was just listening to, uh, there's like lots of 15 minute little videos on YouTube. And it's like, y'all make so much of a big deal about this. It's just not that big of a deal. Right. Does spirit want to say that? The spirit, is spirit trying they to have. say that? They have. They, because it's almost like I've used the term over and over where they say, you've made a mountain out of a molehill. It, it could, be, I'll put it in, 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 in kind of simple terms. It's like, what if you're on the line at the grocery store? Think about it. So I used to find myself getting aggravated if the person took too long in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it, right? right. You, get, you get all worked up. Like, I got things oh, yeah. to do. Why are they taking so long? What's yeah. the matter with that credit card? What do you mean they didn't have enough money? Oh, didn't they know that that wasn't on sale? They're looking for that coupon. I mean, we've all done it at some time, right? No, yeah, like every day. <laughs> and we work ourselves up, right? And we work ourselves up and it's like, all right. So when I leave the house, if I'm pressed for time, I sometimes don't go or I just pick two things that I, that I can do and I just roll with it. And I'm like, you know what? Something, well, there's a different plan for me here today. <laughs> so then does spirit see, cause I think one of the thing you were talking about grief and I feel like when people pass, 
people have such a difficult time with the transition. And part of it, I think, has to do with not wanting to disrespect the situation that has passed and that they will somehow know or feel offended if they laugh or if they smile or if they find a new partner. And I'm wondering what spirit wants to say about the moving on process for someone that's closely intimately or closely associated with that person. Sure. So I'll use this as an example. There are times, many times spirit has come through and said, my wife won't move on. If she get, if someone dies, oh, she'll go to their wake or funeral, but God forbid she get an invitation to go to a wedding or to someone's birthday party. She won't go. He goes, it's the same. Uh, I remember a soul coming through and saying, it's the same thing. You go to someone's wake, you're talking about that person's life. You're remembering them. We are laughing and we are crying, right? But a lot of times when we find ourselves reminiscing and, and feeling happy of the things that the person accomplished, it's the same thing for a wedding or a birthday party, right? You're celebrating somebody's life, somebody's accomplishments. And Again, it's what we do to ourselves time and time again, especially now with COVID. Souls have said to me over the years, what we do with our physical body is for us, not them, because they're not a part of the physical body anymore. So because some people, that they, they would show me a symbol of, um, they would show me a headstone. I'd be dressed in a three-piece suit. They would spin me around and have me come out in like jeans and a t-shirt, and then they would tie my hands together, like handcuff my hands together. That's my symbol for where someone was having a difficult time on the way that someone was laid to rest. Sometimes it's some people, maybe they didn't want to cremate their loved ones, but financially their hands were tied. They had no choice or that was their wishes, but they wanted something else. And they will say it time and time again, we are not part of that physical body. Don't remember us sick, suffering with any ailments. And the way that you, and the spirit feels the way that we remember them every day in our life. Like um, say if your loved one loved pizza and it's their birthday, you went out, you had pizza and, and ice cream. Like they love the things that they love to do or that you did together. And when you do those things, they love that the most. Has spirit ever wanted someone to, uh, like, have they ever had any contrasting sort of hopes for someone in the human realm that couldn't let go? Like, yeah, I want them to keep thinking about me. Or do they, do they always want to say move on? Or is it that they just don't care because they're not in that human form anymore? And that's just not part of the connection. Well, we will always think of our loved ones. We will always remember them. Moving on, uh, say, I'll use the example of someone loses a spouse. If they find a companion, usually spirit will say they found a companion. Someone just to enjoy the rest of your life with. That doesn't mean that you're forgetting about me. It's the same thing. If we let go of negative emotions or negative things that have happened, maybe it's the way we remember when they died or we were trying to revive them and we're left with that memory. Just because we let go of that doesn't mean that we forget them. They just want us to let go of the things that aren't helping us heal. At the end of the day, we're going to grieve the loss of our loved ones for the rest of our lives here in the physical world. The healing process is something completely different. It's the same thing with even just people with relationships here in the physical world, right? We get hurt over and over through friendships, maybe marriages, whatever they are, we're hurt, right? But we heal. We have to grieve that. I, I still I still talk about this. I'm I'm divorced. I'm I still grieve my marriage. I probably will for the rest of my life, but I'm healing from it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I feel that's so healthy because grief doesn't always have to be negative. Why can't grief be a good thing? I mean, that's a beautiful reframe because you can look at it much more from the perspective of like as you go through grief, it implies healing. There's always a con yes. there's always the balance. Right? Yeah. You know, I, oh, yeah, look, we can remain broken. <laughs> you can do that. But why are you going to ruin the rest of your life here for something that you didn't have control over? Mm. 
It's so unfair. And even if you did make choices that changed your life path, forgive. Forgiveness is, well, I think one of the hardest things people struggle with is forgiveness. And it's so important. And it's not about forgiving other people. It's almost like forgiving yourself to forgive them in a sense, just mm -hmm. so you can move on. Have you had um, anything in the realm of forgiveness or anything that has come to you um, uh, as far as lessons go that were really hard for you to move on from? Oh, my God. Oh, sure. You know, um, I mean, I think I've talked about this recently about soul searching. I think that is one of the hardest things someone has to really do is to take a look at themselves, take a look at their soul and decide how we want to improve that or have that grow. I think um, I remember talking to someone and they were telling me, they're like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I ever find a boyfriend or have someone? I'm like, who says anything wrong with you? Right? Who says it's you? Like, you know, if, if you know, and, and I find, especially today, women's roles have changed. I shouldn't say changed. All we did is add to our roles. You know, think about it. Years ago, right? We we, we took care of the, the house, right? We cooked, we cleaned, we nurtured our family. We're still doing all that, but we're also, we have our careers and we just keep adding to it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we become these strong, powerful, independent women. And a lot of times I think men have a hard time with that. Do you think that there's, I, I literally, I was talking to somebody just the other day and she was talking about some things that have happened in her life. And I sort of flippantly said the matriarchal, you know, era is here. Do you feel that? I don't know. I've been surrounded by, there's been so many strong females. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing, the words that she wrote were, that made me think of that, where she said, I feel so strong and so soft. But I think that's what makes us so unique and how we can be. I think we have to be soft to be strong. Does that make sense? Well, someone actually recently defined strong and powerful to me as not doing, getting, controlling, mm -hmm. not that. Yeah, right. Love. She mm -hmm. said, your strength and power yeah. is love. Mm -hmm. Oh, control is not one of the things that should be in anyone's path. Like, I don't have any control when spirit communicates. I have no idea what's going to happen. That's why so many th times and time again, I'll use, for example, on this season of Long Island Meeting with Megan Trainer, mm -hmm. she and her husband reading them, all of a sudden someone comes through and it was for her manager. <laughs> she was not expecting to be on camera, was not looking for a reading. It wasn't up to me. Yeah. And I think, I, I think we all try to quote unquote control things, yeah. but I've learned through my gift that I have no control over what happens. This, mm -hmm. honestly, what I do, Danica, has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. I am just the vessel that mm -hmm. spirit uses mm -hmm. to get their messages through. Mm -hmm. And to surrender that control mm -hmm. is, um, was very difficult. It was hard. I had to kind of, I kind of put it in spirits and says, okay, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. You open these doors. I will gladly walk through every door. Even my kids. Don't you think, I mean, don't you think that my kids, first of all, I have really good kids. I think people always think that they have good kids, but, um, they, I always just am there to support them. I will give them my advice, of course, and my guidance as a parent, but never ever control or demand something from them. It's always supportive and allowing them to make their own choices. It's their free will choices. Do you think that this, I'm kind of curious, do you think that this is a movement happening in sort of the spirit of what you just said is something that's becoming more prevalent in the world? And is this what we need? Obviously we have like chaos, right? Like it's crazy and control is out of control and the, in the worst way and narcissism is just so rampant and um, <clears throat> you know, greed and follow the money. And it's just, you know, it's like, 
do you feel that there's a shift happening and is it going to be because of like the attitude and um, embodiment that you're describing that you have for your kids, let's say? I hope so. I mean, I, I've said this for years and this is how I was raised. I don't have to like someone or something, but I have to respect it. People have to learn how to agree to disagree. And think about it. When we have uncomfortable conversations, whether they're with your children, partner, maybe about the world, whatever it is, when something is uncomfortable, it promotes change. Think about it, right? And people are so afraid. People don't want to be uncomfortable. I know. I know. And I I kind of embrace that. I kind of like when I'm like, all right, what? I find yeah, because yeah. I know something amazing is going to happen. It's like, all right, wait, I'm going to learn something or maybe I'm, something's going to get validated. But that's why it's so important to just be open. Where'd you get that from, though? Where did you get that from? Because this is the thing is like, I, I mean, like that is what everyone mm-hmm. could hope to embody is yeah. this. You know, is that as that attitude, where did you get that from? Did you learn it? I, I got that from my parents, from my parents. And, I, and I'm going to say this. It even goes back to my great, great. Uh, it goes back to my great grandmother when they came over from Italy. Um, and I'm, it's going to tie in. So this is where I'm telling you this. Um, they she drove. My great grandmother drove. Women did not drive in the in, in the right in the Love 30s. It. Right. She drove. They, they owned a restaurant, um, didn't have much. Uh, but um, and my uncle was uh, actually bullied at school because uh, he spoke funny. He spoke Italian. They, they came from Italy. <laughs> so my grandmother tells a story that my great grandmother, she forbidden them to speak Italian in the house. They could only speak English. Mm. And she said, you have to respect everyone. And we, we have, we're going to only speak English in the house. So my grandmother could understand it, but then she couldn't speak it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and I think um, it was just the way I was raised and how I was surrounded that truly we're all the same and mm-hmm. we have to respect people. I, and my, I, I remember my mom, I, I, my great grandmother, by the way, she was the first soul that I had seen. I, I remember I, when I was in my 20s, seeing an old picture of my great grandmother. And I said to my grandmother, Graham, who's this picture of this woman? And she's like, that's my mom. How did you not know that this is the, your great grandmother? I'm like, I'm just realizing that she was the woman that would stand at the end of my bed at night and watch over me. Oh my God. It, it's just, it's so crazy. And, you know, I don't believe in, I, I don't think there's such things as coincidence. I think things happen for a reason. I believe people are placed in our path for a reason. Maybe it's for a moment. Maybe it's for a lifetime. Maybe it's for a period of time, but they're placed in our path for a reason. And it's up to us whether we choose to learn and to grow and sometimes have to move on. I mean, that's hard. I mean, I wrote about, in my, I think there's something, um, I, I just put out a book in October called Good Morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Okay. <laughs> and um, I was pushed to write this book over two years ago from Spirit about how we grieve every day of our life, not just when we lose a loved one. And the book was always scheduled to be released in October of 2020 not knowing that we were going to hit this pandemic. And the book had already been finished prior to the pandemic. And every chapter is something. It's about loss of a friend, loss of an argument, loss of youth, loss of um, how we feel after retirement, all these things that, did you ever think of that? About how we really, we grieve an argument, how we grieve friendships. And the reason why grief hits us so hard is because we allow, we don't acknowledge all of these things that we've lost. A loss is a loss. It's something that we don't have what once was, and we no longer have it. Mm-hmm. And we grieve it, whether yeah. it be finances, a house, a job, relationship, yeah, a loved totally. one. But then when we lose a loved one, it's like all of this comes, it, it hits us all at once. Then we start going over everything and beating ourselves up. That's why I believe sometimes when we lose a loved one, the grief hits us the most. 
I don't know what it is. I am so distracted by your necklace. I don't know what this, what, what your necklace is. Oh, <laughs> Um, is that lapidite or what is this? lapis? Because <gasps> uh, so, I can't see it. It almost looks yeah. like black onyx. And I'm like, I don't, I am so, so funny. your necklace. Okay. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I've been wanting to go to Egypt for so long and I'm leaving in a going? few days. I am. I'm leaving in a few days and <gasps> I've had so much come around the, uh, goddess Isis. Actually, this is an Isis ring, um, and I bought it years ago, and I have no idea why I bought it. Like I was like, I was like, that's what happens. I I collect things into my reality, yes. and then later I'm like, oh well, that makes sense. I have um, the girl leading the retreat is Isis. Um, I met this lady who wrote a book called The Sophia Code, and her first key code is Isis, and I read it, and I got, oh, maybe this is something you could tell me. So I had. Um, I, I'll, I'll say the lapis thing first, and then I'll yeah. ask the next yeah. question because then you'll be able to go on. But um, Isis's um, stone is lapis, and years <gasps> and years, like six, seven years ago in Sedona, I was told my stone was oh, lapis. Oh my god, that's the first time so I, I ever saw lapis was in Sedona. I was at a at a crystal fair. Yeah. So anyway, so I read this key code, and I was I, I I had met her and had dinner with the writer and um, the author, and she so she channeled in this information. She said at the beginning of each uh, key code is um, is a direct account from the goddess of what it was like to be a, a human, and then there's initiations and key codes that you read out loud to um, access um, more of your genome, your DNA access more codes. And so, um, so I read the, like I got home from dinner, like really late, read like the eight page sort of synopsis from ISIS of what it was like to be a human. And then I got, I put the book by the bed and I, I went, turn the light off. And then I was like in a hoodie, sweatshirt, sweatpants. And I was so cold. I put three blankets on top of me. I was freezing. I never got hot once in the night. I was to the bone cold. I was like, I was literally like, I've never had so many layers and slept and been so cold. And so, I mean, a couple people have sort of told me what they think it is, but that spirit, it's the souls. Yeah. That's why. Cause when you are so cold like that, it's almost like there are times I can almost feel like I can see my breath but I can't, but that's how I feel. And it's this coldness that you've never felt before. It's not yeah. like it, it's a different cold. No one will understand that. But one of my past lives was I was buried alive with the king in Egypt. Oh my God. Well, of course we're talking. I have a lot of Egyptian history. There's a lot of stories. People have told me stories about being in Egypt 5,000 years ago through um, shamans. And then I've heard it through other, like through, you know, stories from other people that have seen me in Egypt. Like, oh my God. So I'm going for two weeks. Oh, I I am so jealous. That's, I would be probably petrified to do something like that. Why? I don't know. I, you know, spirit so much, so so much, so much, so heavy, so much, so heavy. I'm very curious about that. Are there, can you, you, so you can feel areas where there's more, uh, energetic density. Mm -hmm. What do you feel? What do you feel? I notice people will notice it around me. It's like something changes inside of me. Sometimes my personality changes a little bit. Like when I'm in, in, uh, New Orleans. Oh, yeah. First time I was there, I was fine. I was standing on a street corner. You can see this beam of light coming like right through me. And I felt like it was protection. And I was fine. Went back another time. I was actually pushed during a live show by a soul. And one of my, the stuff was flying off of the cameras, the lights, the batteries. Oh, yeah. Like right in front of thousands of people. You can't even make this up. My- so that's light that was flickering so, around? Or no. Like- so on, on their cameras. So when I do my live shows, I don't stay on the stage. I get down in the crowd. Spirit guides me around the space. Okay. And we have camera. I have two cameramen that follow me around the theater. And it's displayed on a camera. So no matter where you're seated, you get to be a part of the experience. One of my cameramen that was with me, standing beside me. So they have like a diva light. I don't know if, if yeah. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that is. Um, 
went I flying. Like I have a here. There you go. That's a deal. <laughs> That's it. When, got another one too. So on cameras, they, they get hooked on and then their batteries get hooked onto the back of the camera, flying off of the cameras. How were they getting, how were they falling off the cameras? It was like energy. It was energy. It was energy. And it was something going on in those theaters down there. I mean, and he tripped and I'm like, you were pushed. I watched it. And he's like, oh, I didn't push. I tripped. I'm like, there was nothing for you to trip on. Like he was like, so fighting that that spirit was doing this. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, they're just, they're just messing with us. Oh my God. I had a a crazy experience one time, like speaking of like just seeing something happen Mm -hmm. and not understanding it. It was back when I first got my dog Dallas and she was running away from me and I, she was by a road and she was taking off towards the road and she went through a ditch. And as she ran through the ditch, something pulled Pulled her collar. I just saw that. Pulled it off and she barrel rolled. And just after she did that, a car went by and I was like, like that mm-hmm. was not normal. Like there's no, I couldn't even pull her collar off, but it yanked her collar so hard to pull mm-hmm. her so she wouldn't keep running. Mm-hmm. So what's happening? Is that just so to me, that's spirit has always said to me, our destiny in life is set. How we get there is up to the free will choices that we make. So we have a block of time. So This is what spirit has said it to um, when people, especially get in a car accident and the car is totally wrecked and they walk away without a scratch. They were not supposed to be there at that time. It wasn't their soul's time. Some people might get involved where they then live their life in a coma, maybe paralyzed. I know of someone that uh, tried to take his own life several times and didn't succeed and ended up living his life in a wheelchair for 15 years because it wasn't his soul's time to leave the physical world. So this is like the butting heads of like your soul's purpose and your free will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can you, so you can, but you could end your life could end before your block of time or can it not? From what spirit has showed me that we have this block of time. I don't know if the block of time is years, days, hours, but there's a block of time where we can exit. Some of us live when we get like really quick, unexpected departures. That's usually when we live to the end of our block of time. Um, Sometimes people, and especially with people that try to do things to end their life and they don't succeed. It's because it wasn't their soul's time to leave the physical world. But I think that's one of the hardest things that I've had to uh, deliver a message, especially to a parent because parents aren't supposed to bury their children, whether they're diagnosed with cancer. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't know why I'm seeing this, but I always say things happen for a reason if you don't mind me sharing this story, uh, maybe this will, un- people can maybe under, it's, it's very deep. It's a very deep statement and something that we were talking about that I don't know if most people will understand. And it's much more than just a block of time. I remember years ago, it was on Long Island Medium years ago, a um, couple had walked in my home and I sense things when someone walks in my home. Couple walks in And I'm like, oh, she does not like him. She is unhappy with him. And I didn't know at the time who they were. Come walking in, they sit down, husband and wife. Their son comes through. He had Down syndrome. Uh, His name was Shane. And uh, Shane came through and said, please tell my mom that it wasn't daddy's fault that I died. Whoa. I I mean, maybe can even see the goosebumps. Yeah. I've yeah. realized that I'm starting to get more in touch with my body and goosebumps are a yes. They're, they're just a yes. Absolutely. And the story goes, the mom never left Shane's side. And she decided this one Saturday to go to her daughter's dance recital and left Shane home with his dad. His dad was on the phone. Shane got out of the sliding door and drowned in the family pool. And Shane, I just got the ch- chills big time. And Shane said, mom, how many times did I get out of the sliding glass door when you were home? Daddy's soul, it was his journey to carry the burden of my death, not you, because you never would have been able to live 
if I died on your watch. Yeah. And I get a Christmas card from this family. I'm, I'm crying just thinking about it, that uh, the family is still together. At that moment, I watched her reach over the table and hold her husband's hand. And I think for me at that moment, that reading was what I do is so much more than just channeling the souls of the departed. It reunites families. How many Mm -hmm. people they don't speak, they're not speaking to each other for whatever reason. And someone comes for a reading and then the family gets reunited because they reach out because of the experience. Uh, But that is one of the stories that I feel is one of the most heartbreaking and uh but the most healing and for people Mm -hmm. to understand i mean that boy got out how many times time and time again and he he was young i think he was like four or six he was very young so sometimes so sometimes so people have so that's the soul's mission yeah mission and this is this is your this is your cross to bear this is your this is your, and is there, is there something beyond that? Is there a lesson to learn in it? Oh, I'm sure there were a bunch of lessons for his soul to learn. They say that our soul, this is a big school right now, what we're in. Right. We can I learn. Reincarnation. I want to talk about, I'm very curious. I'm very curious. Yeah. I mean, with having past life regressions, then you, then obviously that implies in reincarnation. So, yeah. um, so I, have you ever heard of Dolores Cannon? No. I am probably the most sheltered person (laughs) you will ever (laughs) meet. She's dead, but she was a hypnotherapist. Oh. And she would, um, she realized that she was going deeper into the subconscious than anyone. Um, And so she learned a lot. But one of the things that she would always say is, is that if you don't learn the lessons in this life, then you come back the next one to learn it. So you might as well learn it here. You might as well get on with it. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is that how I, and is, is that true? That's look, whether to your understanding to my understanding, I, the things that I speak about Danica are things of my own personal experience in life mm-hmm. and also with the souls of the departed, what they've shown me, what they made me feel, what they've told me, what they've told my clients. I remember doing a uh, past life regression and I was told by my spirit guide that this was my soul's last journey here in the physical world. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, I mean, to me, I hear relief. Uh, is that it's I a mean, lot. I, I try not to think about that. <laughs> you well, know, when, when you, when you, it, so this feels heavy. I mean, this, this has a weight to it. So what is it about it that feels heavy? Well, you know, it's still, I still go through, okay, so what am I going to do? Like, what's going to happen if I'm not going to come back, if my soul's not going to learn any, any more lessons, like what is going to happen? So it's almost then I'll be like a, a guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, what form of spirit guide? I don't know. Cause there are spirit guides that never have walked here in the physical world. They're okay. just souls that have never walked. And then there are others that watch over. Um, I always say, I'll find out when I get there. <laughs> right. It's like, I always say too, I'm like, I, I really want to know what it's like. What's, what's reality and what's exactly what's all this about? And I'm like, but I'm gonna have to die to figure out and I'm not ready. Yeah, exactly. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to die. But I know I'm not afraid to die anymore. I, I think mm-hmm. we all, especially as children, we, we were afraid of death, right? Because again, it's something we don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to miss our parents? Are we going to miss our friends? What are we, are we going to be crying because we can't touch them? And from what spirit has shown me, we're the ones that suffer. They're yeah. still with us just in a different way. They're living life through our eyes. That's why the healing is so important because mm-hmm. they don't want to live their life through our eyes, feeling sad and sorrow. They want yeah. you to live it with happiness and joy. That's why I love when spirit comes through and they talk about the things that we do that we've done since they've died to say, Oh, okay. They're not missing out. Yeah. To orient your perspective on the positives. Yes. So I'm curious though, with reincarnation, um, so if you're speaking to a soul, so like I would have this opinion in my right now that, you know, this, that your soul reincarnates to continue its soul's evolution to its final stage of self-actualization, total embodiment of spirit of source self, um, and becoming whole and transitioning to another dimension or frequency Mm -hmm. that isn't this density. Um, so 
but I'm curious if, if, if this happens a lot, like I'm imagining that we probably do this thousands of times. Um, so if somebody's passed, let's say for, I knew you were going to ask this a long time, uh-huh. but I they're used- still coming through. Mm-hmm. I'm cur- I'm just, I'm confused how they still come through and well, then no. I'm, no? Well, well, so here, so here, here's the story that I can use to maybe help clarify this for you. Okay. Spirit has told me that when we re-enter is when our soul circle is complete, when the souls are going to re-enter. So like I've done a past life before where I was a young man and I, there was a, a house burning and I was searching for someone and the person conducting the past life said, okay, you found your brother, look in his eyes and tell me who you see. I saw my nephew. I saw my son's, um, my, my brother's son. Okay. So my, my nephew was my brother in a previous life because the eyes is the gateway to the soul. So she had me look in the eyes and it was my nephew. And so now I'm going to explain this. I was doing a reading. It was a mother and a daughter. And the mother had lost a daughter. As the daughter was channeling, she's having me speak to her sister and saying, you used to see me all the time, but it was weird. It was like, I I would say to her, you used to see your sister. It wasn't like, I was just, I was making statements to her. I I wasn't like saying your sister is saying, I was saying, you used to see your sister anymore, but you don't see her anymore. But you look in your daughter's eyes and ever since your daughter was born, you don't see your sister anymore. And she said, yes. I said, well, because your sister's soul is your daughter. That was the one and only time that that had ever happened. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I mean, Dolores Cannon would say that too. She's like, she's like, this doesn't work out in this life. And you know, you next life, I'll be the husband and you be the wife and we're going to switch positions and we're going to, we're going to try it again. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they they in, oh, wow. That's insane. So that was the, that was the one and only time that that had happened um, where, someone had where the soul was here and then re-entered right away. So, uh, sometimes with babies, they'll say, um, I gave my soul so my sister could come here in the physical world. Uh, there are things like that that have happened. Hmm. Um, I don't know why I don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's something that we here in the physical world can figure out. I think that is something that we, only know in the spirit realm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in that dimension. Is spirit ever, has spirit ever like talked about or sort of given you the information or awareness to what we're supposed to be doing here? We're supposed to be, we're supposed to be learning lessons. We're supposed to be loving each other. We're supposed to all be on kind of the same page, but we have to have that yin and the yang, you know, we're always going to have differences, um, but we're supposed to be learning the lessons so the soul can grow in a positive and strong way to really kind of get rid of um, those scars. Cause it's harder to learn lessons here in the physical world than it is on the other side. My interpretation of that is because, for example, I've noticed it with fathers, what will say to their children, I'm sorry that I didn't understand you. I'm sorry that I didn't support you. I am proud of the man that you've become. So sometimes that's when, um, hypothetically, if they wanted to be uh, a gym teacher and the father wanted them to be an attorney (laughs) or maybe... Um, they were gay and the, the father didn't understand that, couldn't accept that. But then the soul has to relive their life through their loved one's eyes that they hurt or disappointed or didn't support. So they had to feel what it was like to be them, to be treated like that. They had to feel the soul and that at that frequency can feel negativity. Yes. Well, they would feel, they would feel what it was like for that person Okay. What their actions cause someone else. Okay. So my symbol for that is sometimes they'll show me like a, a child sitting on a street corner and then the sun going down. That's my symbol for where a parent disappointed their child. Mm-hmm. Again, that's for the person to interpret, not for me to understand whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And that the, the soul had to relive their life through their child's eyes mm-hmm. to feel what it was like 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Switch positions. I'm curious if if it's true that we choose our we choose our our parents and we choose sort of our lessons in the life or, or scenarios, the players. Right. Is that true? Or to your understanding? From what? From my understanding, for it, yes. Wow. Yes. That's heavy, no right? Because think about. Man, think yeah, about like the parents that you pick coming in and the crime. Like, I mean, I just yeah, literally, like, yeah. if I'm being honest, I just had like a moment the other day where I was accepting this dynamic of me as a 10 year old with the way that my parents are. And, you know, I had a big, big, big release. And I was like, you know, you know, I, I picked these lessons. I picked these parents and they're wonderful, but it doesn't mean that they don't all come with lessons. So I guess that's the thing. And, and, and that's that they all do, right? They have to. That's the point of your soul's reason yeah. for being here is the lesson. So don't be mad when you get one. Just freaking man up, woman up and solve it. But it, it's not only your lessons, but it's also their lessons as well. So it's not just so narrow in your lessons. It all has to do with their lessons. I feel that we do the best that we can at that time with what information. Think about it. Back then when you were saying 10, right? Things were very different back And I think that that's why we beat ourselves up or things are so hard sometimes because we look back on a situation, whatever it may be, and we beat ourselves up. The shoulda, coulda, woulda only. But that's unfair. You're not putting yourself back there in that emotional state, right? How you are now is very different how you were, what, 20, 30 years ago. And sometimes we have to accept there are sometimes that I look back on my life and I say, oh, you know what? That was really immature of me to do that or to feel that way or to think that way, right? But isn't that the lesson? That's, that's the what, point, though. The lesson, right? that is the point, though. It's not supposed, lessons aren't supposed to be easy. No, but how many people say, I was wrong? I was wrong. I was, how many people? Very, very small. Oh, right. I'm the first one. Oh, I messed that up. I screwed that up. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, that's hard. A lot of people have a hard time because they, they look at it as failure. And for mm. me, when I look back on a choice, I don't like to say mistake. I like to look at it as a choice and realize that I would make a different choice. I look at that as a lesson learned. And that is my soul growing and how I grew experience. I don't look at it as a mistake or that I was wrong. Do you I feel look at like it that you, I learned something? Yeah, which is so beautiful and so important. And uh, again, it's all about perspective. So reframing or framing things in a way that is positive and productive. Is there, um, given the fact that this is your last incarnation, um, before you become a beautiful angelic guide, um, or whatever it is that you become a demi, demigod or whatever, you know, back to source energy. I don't know. Is there, uh, is there a lesson that you're like, I know that I probably need to learn this one before I go. Um, I think loving unconditionally, my interpretation of that for myself is that really accepting and honoring people for who and what they are mm. and still um, respecting them at the same breath, even though I don't might not agree with them. I think that's something that um, I continue to work on, uh, accept situations, whatever they may be, and just try to look at things with such a loving um attitude. I mean, especially, come on. I mean, this past year has been tough. We've all lost something. Maybe it might not have been someone, but we lost something, maybe a part of ourselves. I feel like I lost a whole year. People ask me, I'm like, oh yeah, that was last year. And I'm like, uh, wait a minute, Teresa, that was two years ago. That was three years ago because I feel like the whole year didn't happen. So we all lost something. Yeah. And, and it might not have been someone, but we've all changed and things just aren't the same. And yeah. we can either choose to just wallow in that, or we can just pick up and say, okay, you know what? Things are going to be different. But I'm excited to see what this new normal is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think you know? that there's a, such a, um, I said, I think there's such a direction towards energy and, um, mm -hmm. 
feelings and emotions and um, a thinning of the veil of everything from Mm -hmm. energy to transparency of person. Like, I just think it's thinning. And so I, I, and timelines to me seem so accelerated. Like you think something, it happens or, you know, just things are being dissolved and created and it just seems really crazy fast. And so it feels like a time where if you wanted to get more in touch with this sort of spiritual spirit aspect of you or energy or frequency or the quantum field, that perhaps you'd have your best chance ever to really um, cultivate that as quickly as possible. So is there something I believe that does everyone have the ability to speak to spirit and feel that energy? I believe okay. everyone can connect with their own loved ones that have died. I so, believe that and know that. Beautiful. So what would you say to people if they wanted to, that would be some things that they could do to start to cultivate that um, awareness to the signs, to the voices, to the synchronicities, um, to that energy? My first thing to people is, just pay attention, just be open to what goes on around anything that reminds you of your loved one. I don't care what it is. And you think of them at that moment, know that that's them with you at this moment. And you're not alone. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. Don't Mm -hmm. say, Oh, mom, I know it's you. If I see four red cardinals by Sunday, You, you can't do that. It's like, then once you start to get that, then like take baby steps. If you have a hard time meditating, just take it to a minute a day, just Mm -hmm. concentrating on your breathing for one minute, then try three minutes. That's what I did. My mind is always full of chatter. And I I worked up and I don't put so much pressure on it. Some people can meditate for hours. I can only do 10 minutes at a time. That's what works for me. I think we put pressure and we think things connecting with our loved ones has to be this, or it should be this, or it should feel like this. It's a simple thing of sometimes I smell cigarette smoke. I know it's my, my dad's mom. I know it's her. Uh, sometimes I smell my, my grandfather's cologne. I know he's with me. I smell gardenias. I know my grandmother is with me. For a split second. Thank you very much for sharing so much about your experience. And, you know, I just think there's such a level of bravery to it because it's uh, not only is it different, Um, although I think people are getting used to it, but also um, there's a level of trust with yourself about the energy. And it's so great that you've allowed yourself to cultivate that, that trust within yourself to get that information out. And, you know, when we talked on our, when we talked for your show, um, I was, it was so beautiful for me to be able to talk to my mom about her mom coming through and also Dale Jr., Dale senior came through and Dale junior was just, honestly, he was taken that day. His, he put his daughter in like old throwback t-shirts. Like there was a lot of things that had happened right then. And he had posted a bunch of throwback pictures on his social media. And so the fact that he came through was like really meaningful to him and his wife sent me a message. And so, you know, this work is really, really meaningful and beautiful. And so thank you for sharing your gift and, and saying yes like to saying yes to your soul's purpose. And that's why, that's why you won't have to do being human again, because it's hard to be human. It is. It is. Well, thank you. I do consider it such an honor. Thank you for allowing me to share my gift. Thanks everybody for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.